This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Coming up. They position themselves as wanting to save the children, but by giving a false reason that sex trafficking exists, you are creating more harm to the actual problem. For Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond. You're listening to The Daily Crime. In recent months, you've probably heard something about QAnon. 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 Anon is short for anonymous. But what is QAnon? Where did it come from? And why is it so dangerous? The FBI warns QAnon is not just an internet hoax, but a domestic terror threat. And several congressional candidates nationwide have endorsed QAnon in the past. A crowd of thousands at the U.S. Capitol, many donning apparel and signs referencing QAnon, a conspiracy theory the French that conspiracy theory known as QAnon is no longer on the fringes. Here with me is Eva Anderson, an anchor and reporter with WOI in Des Moines, Iowa. Eva, you've been reporting on the QAnon conspiracy theory and speaking with some individuals whose lives have been torn apart by the conspiracy. But before we get too deep into all that, let's talk a little bit about why this is something worth covering on a crime podcast. And I'll start with a big picture question. What is the criminal element in all of this? What are some examples of criminal cases we've seen tied to QAnon? it's really came to the forefront on January 6th. I think a lot of people might've heard of QAnon or, you know, might brush it off as, oh, that's just something crazy or, oh yeah, my uncle was sharing a few links with me, but, you know, I kind of just want to brush it off because it just seems a little bit loony bin. And, you know, it, it is. But what we saw on January 6th when, rioters stormed the U.S. Capitol and were violent and aggressive, you know, resulting in death. A lot of people at the forefront of that were proudly proclaiming QAnon followers. They, one of them was from Des Moines. His name's Doug Jensen. Well, tonight, Des Moines resident Doug Jensen is getting ready for his appearance before a federal judge tomorrow. He's one of the people believed to be involved in the deadly riots at the Capitol. And he is currently um, facing a number of criminal charges. He wore a black shirt with a big Q on it and said he did that to bring QAnon to the to the forefront, to the mainstream media, for people to know that's exactly why he did it. This is why I'm breaking in, and this is why I, you know, am trying to, um, <laughs> well, take back the country. Because in, in the mind of a QAnon person, everything that they're doing is actually for good. They believe they are saving the children and when I say that, I mean saving children from sex trafficking, which everybody can agree is a terrible thing. However, 
they're assigning a reason to sex trafficking, a, a framework um, from which it occurs that is false. So even though they think they're helping, you know, save the children from sex trafficking, they think they're helping take back our country that has been stolen from us and the election was stolen. It's it's all warped, but they are well, they truly believe they are doing right by their own movement. Let's talk about that framework of ideas and claims that you mentioned, because I think a lot of people only have, you know, sort of a vague notion of what QAnon is, but maybe don't understand where it came from, how widespread it is, and what exactly the claims at the heart of it are. Let's take those questions one by one, starting with what is the conspiracy, the set of claims at the center of QAnon? Claire Wardle, who is the U.S. director of First Draft, it is an agency that trains journalists on how to spot myths and disinformation, among other things. She referred to QAnon as sort of a buffet a buffet table of conspiracies. Hmm. And that's because there's so many things to pick from. So I'll just list a few. They believe that Democrats, the majority of Democrats and a large number of celebrities are pedophiles, cannibalistic, satanic Satanists. I mean, they, they believe that they worship Satan and eat babies or drink the blood of human babies. They believe that that money is going to soon be eradicated and we will all be using gold. I mean, it's just, you loop in all of these crazy conspiracy, Pizzagate, you know, we all, you know, probably have heard of Pizzagate. That's kind of looped in there. It's, it's a buffet of conspiracies. So yeah, in short, Democrats, High-ranking Democrats and celebrities are pedophiles. They worship Satan. They eat babies. Donald Trump is trying to put an end to all of this. And by the way, all of these Democrats and celebrities run this big sex trafficking ring. And Donald Trump has the key. He has the power to put an end to all of it. And he will. Just you wait. Just you wait. Donald Trump will soon put an end to all of it. We're just waiting for him to do it. And so that becomes a question is, well, if Donald Trump has the power to put an end to all of these terrible things, why hasn't he done it already? And so the QAnon followers are sort of doing mental gymnastics to try to wrap their brains around why Donald Trump hasn't done it quite yet. So he gives them a date. Oh, he'll, he'll reveal himself on January 20th. He'll reveal himself on the day of the inauguration. Joe Biden and all those Democrats will be rounded up and arrested on live TV, and then Donald Trump will put an end to sex trafficking. Hold up, nope, that didn't happen. Okay, no, now it's March 4th, because way back that was the date of inauguration, so now it's March 4th that Donald Trump is going to put an end to all of it. So it takes a lot of willpower within their own belief system to think that Donald Trump is holding out to finally put an end to such horrible things in the world that they believe.
Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. And to be clear, all the claims at the center of the QAnon conspiracy, you know, the things you laid out that all of these high-profile Democrats are involved in a sex trafficking ring, that Donald Trump is going to arrest all of them and declare martial law or, or was going to. I want to make crystal clear that those are all flat-out false. Fake. They're false. But there has to be a reason so many people are willing to believe in these things that do sound a little bananas when when most of us hear them. And I know it's a really complex question, but why is QAnon so convincing to so many people? Why do people believe this is a valid source of information? I've spoken with a lot of people about this, and I've read a lot on it. And it boils down to... The, the answer lies in psychology. So I spoke with Zlatan Krizan, he is a personality and social psychologist uh, for, from Iowa State University, and he actually has done a lot of work with law enforcement and work with work on conspiracy theories. And it boils down to having a grievance, something that is upsetting in your life or something objectively upsetting. Okay, in this case, child sex trafficking. We can all agree it is horrific. Right. And when your mind cannot wrap, I mean, it's hard for any of us to wrap our brain around why something so horrific is in existence in our world. And so we search for answers. And then I actually spoke with uh, another psychologist about this, and she told me, um, her name's Danielle Drew, when there is a, a data deficit or an information deficit, and we can, we can give an answer to something where there is no answer. Even if that answer is false, there's a, there's serotonin, there's a rush of serotonin. So child sex trafficking, it's, it's terrible. Okay, well, if, if we can start to think, oh, actually, there's this cabal of satanic worshipers who who run this and Donald Trump's going to put an end to it. Boom. Serotonin. Boom. I feel a little, I feel a little comforted just knowing that there is an answer because that means I'm one step closer to, uh, getting rid of that problem in the first place. So there is a kernel of something we can all agree on mm -hmm. in a lot of the language that QAnon uses. You mentioned child sex trafficking as something that we all think is bad. And an example is QAnoners will use the hashtag save the children. Who doesn't want to save the children? We all want to save the children. And if you see that hashtag and you don't connect it in your brain with all of these other claims about Satan worshipers who are involved in this child sex trafficking ring who eat children, that's an agreeable hashtag. Yes. And one of our producers even has made the comment on a number of occasions, man, if there's one PR thing that the QAnon people got right, it is that save the children because right. when you armor, yeah, when you armor yourself by saying, 
If you stand with us, you stand with saving the children. Well, you can't argue with that. It's, it's a powerful thing to say, if you stand with us, you stand with saving the children. So what I always like to say when I talk about this is they position themselves as wanting to save the children, but by giving a false reason that sex trafficking exists, you are creating more harm to the actual problem. Because if you are assigning it a false reason, then you're getting farther away from ever trying to solve this. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's harmful. It is harmful. Talking about the source of all of this, what do we know about that person or group of people? Where exactly did the QAnon conspiracy originate? So 4chan is an anonymous website, and it originated there. Again, where I can just only label them as trolls. I mean, you know, we've all experienced a troll if we spent any time on the internet. They start leaking this this disinformation, so leaking these fake tips. So I'm not even going to call them tips. You know, I think uh, it's generous even calling them tips or, or information because it's again it's all fake so they're saying you know they're part of, they have connection they're like a fake whistleblower you know oh i have all this governmental information and then once people and uh start to believe in it then they keep feeding it more QAnon, which started in 2017 has been able to flourish thanks to social media Donovan refers to it as a fully functioning media ecosystem that has only grown over time. More and more people get uh, brought in, they start to share this content. Content that was able to move even quicker while the world was under quarantine. As they become isolated from their friends and family during the pandemic, uh, they, they become more online than ever. This person or this collection of people go by the name Q and Whenever they deliver any more of their false information, it's called a Q drop. So, you know, anytime a Q drop comes down, then there are people who are self-proclaimed decoders and they have to decode these Q drops. It's just, it's a silly process for just something that's also ridiculous. And, And again, that's where the numbers come in. Okay. Q said that on this date, this will happen, and this color means this, and this number means this. It was, I think it was in um, the summer of 2018 when Q somehow told people at a Trump rally to start wearing Q paraphernalia, you know, merchandise, whatever, and stand in front of cameras so we can start to be seen by the MSM, the mainstream media, you know, and then that's where people started to question, you know, like, what is this? And I think it was March of 2020. So March of last year, Pew Research Center did a survey to see how many people knew what QAnon was. And in March of last year, 76% of our population said they knew nothing at all. 20% said they knew a little, and 3% knew a lot. 2% had no answer. But 3% is a pretty high number for something that 
lives on sort of these obscure and dark corners of the internet, yes. that equates to millions of people. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And that, oh, but see, that was March of last year. So now it's a lot more, right? Right. Because the insurrection was probably their heyday. I mean, we all know who the QAnon shaman is. And the most noticeable is this man in face paint and a furry Viking headdress dubbed the QAnon shaman. 32-year-old Jake Anjali of Phoenix could be seen invading the Capitol. Despite false claims he's with Antifa, Anjali is an outspoken QAnon supporter and fan of President Donald Trump. I mean, you know, you don't even want to laugh because it's... It's so uh, dangerous what was done on that day. It, it is, it's terrible. And that was a day where they really put Q on the map. I mean, Doug Jensen was bragging in Snapchats, I think, saying, hey, I'm the poster child for QAnon. Wow, really? You want to be proud of that on a day when two police officers were killed? No. And that day, January 6th, when the insurrection happened at the Capitol building, I imagine that is the first time that a lot of people listening to this heard about Q or or really saw it as something that was more than just something that only lived on obscure corners of the internet because we saw those images of people holding signs referencing Q in the halls of the Capitol building, wearing t-shirts that referenced Q. And as you mentioned earlier, we've seen a number of individuals arrested with apparent ties to QAnon after the fact. Oh, yeah. What was the role that the QAnon conspiracy played in the January 6th insurrection? Well, to my understanding, there was a lot of plotting ahead of that date that went on um, in the QAnon community. The people in the QAnon community had a heads up that something was going down January 6th. It's so interesting because there's so many Q followers that were prominent in the insurrection, but then just days later, they turned around and said, oh, it was Antifa. So it's like this thing that they wanted to hang their hat on, the insurrection, and then once you know police officers were killed and once people were being arrested, then it... then you know, things started to kind of split up. We saw a bunch of people saying that there were going to be nationwide protests at the Capitol on, I think, this next Sunday or so. And then um, people were saying, no, it's going to be people posing as Q followers. So I don't know because I'm not on Parler, but I'm assuming that their movement is kind of getting fractured at some point um, and they're getting like split up a little into, okay, (laughs) you know, it's almost like something goes wrong and then they're like, okay, wait, what do we believe now? Okay, is this what we all believe now? You know, what are we saying now? What's our message? There's no like consistent messaging because their main channels of communication continue to get shut down as they start to open them up again. Right. It's it's a mess, but unfortunately, it still seems like a potentially dangerous mess. And uh, we'll continue to untangle this. You'll actually be joining us again tomorrow to discuss some of the personal stories you've reported related to QAnon. But that's where we're going to leave it for today. Eva Anderson, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into this episode of The Daily Crime. 
As I mentioned, this is the first of two episodes we'll be doing on QAnon, so I'll be joined by Eva Anderson again tomorrow. You can make sure you don't miss that by subscribing to The Daily Crime on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other app you use to listen to podcasts. If you want to learn more about Vault Studios, head over to vaultstudios.com for a full list of our other shows. I'll see you right here for part two tomorrow. For Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond.